Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. There's only a couple guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling, and you're one of them. You know all the bad shit you've heard about us? It's all true. But another thing that's true is we love professional wrestling, and that's why we're here. I'm not sports entertainment anymore. Talk to him, kid. This is our new beginning, and it starts tonight. A new day is dawning for DX. You know who you're talking to? on AfterBuzz TV. We're coming at you with a brand new episode. Gonna have an interview with Bushwhacker Luke coming up a little later. Plus, as usual, we've got you covered with the week's pro wrestling news headlines. We got it all here on Xbox One Two Three Sixty. My name is Christy Olson, and joining me today, we got Jimbo on the couch. Hello, everyone. You look lovely in lace, Christy. Why, thank you. And it actually does say right there in the script, Christy, you look lovely. So, Jimbo can read. And what's up, Mark? You don't have any instructions in the booth. I, none whatsoever, but uh, Jimbo stole my comment. You're looking wonderful today, Chris. Oh, why, thank you, guys. And joining me in the black today, looking dapper as usual, we have WWE legend, former member of NWO, Degeneration X, The Click, not former, current, excuse me, it's Mr. Uh, Sean X-Pac Waltman. Hey there. What's I, up? I dare you all to get some new new material. Every time, <laughs> Jimbo. Oh, you look lovely today, Christy. I make And then do Mark... That. Come on, everyone. Let's 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 change things Sean, up you around look here a little lovely bit. Today. You look good in the That's what I've been talking about. <laughs> you know? That's what he was fishing for. Yes. No. No, it's, and it's true. Glad to have you back. We missed you last week, Christy. Where Thank were you? you? Thank you. Where were you? Well, I just had to take a little trip. Oh, just a little trip? Just a little trip. No, nothing you want to talk about? Trip. No, no, okay. but we will We will definitely talk about it in the future. Right. But I want to talk about this WSX anniversary special. You guys really pulled it out. It was oh, a fun show. It was so awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, I, Kevin Undergaro really loved it. And he doesn't usually listen to the shows that don't have somebody from you know his era yeah you know? so for him to tune in and and really really dig it and consider like you know you didn't really know anybody on the show yeah that's true so, i'm sure he didn't watch WSX. Yeah, maybe yeah. now he'll go back he and was watch it. he was really uh kevin was really impressed with kevin uh kevin kleinrock yeah and he should be well, should we expect them to be working together I don't on know. an upcoming like, but, project? Oh. That's kind of how he rolls. No, no. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it was fun. It, it was seemed fun. like you guys were having a good time reminiscing. Yeah, and I it could have really, it, it could have been a mess having you know that many people here. Yeah, but it, it, I think it turned out well, and, I, and obviously, uh, it was it was good listening as well as good viewing because, like I said, Undergaro enjoyed it. Immensely. Yeah, that's the stamp of approval. Right yeah. There. Yeah. Right. Totally. 
Here we are because of him. Well, I want to remind everybody that if you are an Xbox One Two Three Sixty fan, you can get your T-shirts at Pro Wrestling Tees. Hit up Sean Waltman's store to get your official. Uh, Sean's got it on today. Xbox One Two Three Sixty Fancy T-shirts. Yes, I do. You know you want one. Hey, so like you weren't here last week, Christy, and and, um, and so we didn't get a chance to. And, and it was the WSX episode, so we didn't really get a chance to talk about much last week, other than that. And, um, but you know, WWE was in town. They were. They had just me, for instance. I went to SmackDown in Anaheim, mm-hmm. and then you know, we we saw each other there. Yes. And and um, and then at the Staples Center for Raw. Yes, had a good time. It was a great time. Yeah, and there was a lot. Like you know, obviously there was controversy over. Uh, the Rock calling CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, I was up in the grill position when all that was going down. Oh. Yeah. What did you see or hear? Oh, well, it was just, you know, basically, I'm not going to say who was on you know, on the headset saying, cut his mic, cut his mic. <laughs> Doesn't he realize we're in a lawsuit with this guy, you know? So, but nobody was really like mad, mad, mm-hmm. but it was just like, come on. You know, it was one of those things. The Rock seems like he's probably got a lot of freedom. I'm pretty sure he knew it was going to ruffle feathers and didn't really care. Mm-hmm. I'm actually 100% certain <laughs> of it. <laughs> well, there was a lot for the audience to be checking out during that time. Yeah. They were waiting for the ladies to come out. Uh, Tessa Blanchard is doing the the wrestling for the character. And then Florence, I messed this up one time, Florence Pugh? Oh, as, not as Paige. Florence Pooh. Yes. So they were waiting for they were waiting for the ladies to come out. And did you call uh, her Florence Florence Pooh? I did. Like, I did on poo, another podcast. Poo. Yep. <laughs> I sure did. There was I went to high school with a girl who spelled it the same way, and she called herself Pooh. I thought it was Poog. That would be better than Pew or Pooh. Poo. Yeah. yeah. She better hope that catches yeah. on. And then she and also and also what great casting uh, Thea Trinidad as AJ Lee. Oh. She sounded just like her. She did great. Mm, Fantastic. So happy for her. I I really, really love Thea. You know what? I say that about everyone I bring up, don't I? Yeah, but a lot of people were saying that about her specifically when we were there on Monday. A lot of people saying that they were happy for her getting this spot. Yes, and uh, a lot of people might not know this, but she is the significant other of Austin Aries. Mm -hmm. And so I know... If she ends up getting a, a job in the WWE, I, don't, I know that would make him very happy. I'm sure it would. Yeah. I'm sure She it deserves would. it. She deserves it. She brings a lot to the table. Well, and just to be in the Staples Center in front of a live crowd like that, not wrestling, but wrestling and acting. Yes. I mean, they, they could have really gone south on her and, and, was, and they embraced did, her. Did you, you know, the, the scene where, in, where she's talking in the ring? Mm-hmm. One take. Boom. Yep. Done. I know. I was like, "Is that it? Yes. Should I do it again?" Wow. Very rare. <laughs> Doesn't happen often. Mm-hmm. She she dialed that sucker. In. I'm sure that impresses the people in the back. They're like, "Oh." Oh yeah, I was okay. there when they were doing it. Yeah. yeah, everybody was very impressed. A lot of whispers of this girl's got it. The thing is, is you know, you're not gonna, you're not. There's not a ton of attaboys. You know what I mean? That that are given out around there. Mm-hmm. When you do well, it's expected. You know, it's not like they don't give out participation trophies at WWE. They don't got time for it. Not a second for that shit. But anyways. That's cool. 
You been up to anything else extra interesting? Oh God, I probably have, and I just can't remember. I now. know. Now it's been a couple weeks. Do you want yeah. yeah. Do you want? Have I? And I just I'm not thinking of anything. Uh, do you want to talk about how you're not like you're not retiring? Oh <laughs> yeah, but that's just it. I never said I was. So I told PW yeah. Insider last Wednesday uh, printed a small kind of a story, and they said that they they claim that you will not be taking indie bookings anymore starting in April. And um, they had their contact info there for the guy to contact if yes. they, if people want to book you. Yes, and but what I I was under the impression that they made it sound like I was done wrestling in April. They did. Yeah. Well, that's not the case. I told my agent Bill Barons. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Showtime. How the? Yeah. Oh crap. Oh no. Sorry. Showbiz. S. H O W B I S at AOL.com. Yeah. Wow, that was hard for me to spit out. <laughs> but I was doing it from the top of my head, though. Yeah. And that's pretty impressive. I didn't realize for me. that's where you were going. I should have helped you. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, and, and that, but I told him, okay, starting it, quit taking wrestling bookings in April. At the end of April, I'm done taking bookings for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm done wrestling independently this year. I'm done. I'm not retired. I'm not going, okay, this is my retirement. It's just my body. It's just like, come on, you know? Like a rest? Um, I'll, unless I really need the money or something like that. And, I mean, you know, I'm about to be thrown out in the streets. Uh, I don't I'm see that happening. Done this year unless I'm in a WWE ring. Wow. Yeah. I not Like I am said, wow. I'm not retiring. I'm not, it's... Taking this sabbatical. Well, I, look, my body has served me very well, and I've been really, really bad to it. And it's time. And I've started recently in my life being good to it, and it's time to be even better. It deserves it. Yeah, we saw that picture of your abs. <laughs> we know you're doing the right thing. Either that or I'm on the Keith Richards heroin diet. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> I've heard that one works for the young ladies as well. Apparently. <laughs> I wouldn't know about that lately. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, you know we are on YouTube and iTunes as well. Please like, rate, comment, and subscribe. There's five stars possible. Just saying. Write us a little review and let us know what you think about the show. We see all of them and we appreciate them. And do not forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode of X-Pac 12360. This is number 26. So if you missed any one of the 26, go back and check them out. Lots of good stuff for you. And on that note, let's move into some X-Pac 12360 News of the Week. Break it down! X-Pac 12360 Wrestling News. Yeah! Is there more Wyatt family dysfunction in the future? Well, we all saw what went down last night on SmackDown as Randy Orton burned the compound to the ground. But we now know that Eric Rowan is cleared for in-ring action. He's been out with a torn rotator cuff since October, but Pro Wrestling Sheet is reporting that he now has been officially cleared by WWE to return. So we'll see how he fits into this storyline with Bray and Randy and um, and Luke. Man, it could go either way, but they're, they're feuding. There's some dysfunction up in this family. I'm I'm high on Eric Rowan. Not like, you know, not high as in, intoxicated, but like, I, I, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's extremely intelligent, like very high IQ. 
extremely high, like Mensa, Mensa level IQ. Wow. Yes. And uh, he's, he's good in the ring. Mm-hmm. Very good. And especially, obviously, for his size. But, you know, here's the thing about that. It's getting to be pretty commonplace for these big, giant guys to move around the same as, uh, or, you know, similar to, to how the, the like guys like myself. There's guys that are 300 plus pounds and six foot, you know, eight or six and a half feet tall or more that move better than I ever did. So, I mean, you know, guys doing backflips and flipping into the ring. I'm like watching Brian Cage at PWG flipping into the <laughs> ring and, you know, like he's 150 pounds and the guy's just massive. Do you like but, all that stuff? Some, I, some, I just think... Some people from the classic school that think that that's not necessary. I, I, it's impressive to me, but it really needs to be done sparingly. Else it just really looks like a guy, you know, not, like sta- not staying in his lane. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, like I said, there are occasions. Like even Undertaker would break out a dive. You know, the dive to the floor on Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania that year, where he took out the cameraman. <laughs> So I mean, cameraman was there, supposed to catch him yes. entirely. You know, but you just have, you have to be smart about when to do it. Kane would do would pull stuff out too. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Kane diving up the top to the floor on the um, Mark Henry and D'Lo and a tag match we had at a pay per view. It was the same one that Owen passed away in. So like, we had a hell of a match on. It was we opened the show. Uh, excellent tag match with those guys, but obviously, you know, that's one of those matches that doesn't get remembered because it was overshadowed by Owen's passing or mm-hmm. it's not passing. He didn't just freaking pass. He he was taken from us. It was snatched from us. So, you know, uh, anyways, I, where was I going? <laughs> Eric Rowan. <laughs> Eric, Eric Rowan. Rowan. Yeah, Eric. Rowan. He's, yes. he's back. I did see a video. Uh, Eric yeah, Rowan. Yeah, he released yeah. kind of a creepy, he's still doing the sheep mask thing. Yes. It was like 40 seconds on Twitter. Yeah. Very, very Wyatty. Yes. Well, I mean, is what I would. That's exactly what I wrote right here. Well, Very Wyatty. Am I missing something? Wasn't he in the Wyatt family? Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so kind of teasing. I think maybe that he still is uh, is loyal to Bray Wyatt. Maybe that was an alternate universe somewhere. <laughs> no, because at one point he set them off on yeah. their own, and now yeah. they've come back, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you love something, let it free, and if it comes back, it was meant to be. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I'm wondering what we're gonna do. When I'm not wondering what they're gonna do with that. I. I I think that uh, okay, so we have Luke Harper. That's that's doing excellent, right? Kill it. So everyone's doing like. Hopefully, if Eric comes back and he gets he gets in the right situation, everyone will be doing well. Yeah. From the Wyatt family, Braun Strowman too, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like that's a pretty good. Yeah. Freak. The Wyatt family was a hell of a gig for everyone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worked out well for Braun. I well, like that. The you know burning the burning that mass. down. Yeah, I I was you know I was listening to Road Dog and uh, and Randy talking about that last week, and uh, I just wanted to tell everybody that I heard him talk about it before it happened. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think they'll ever break out a Sister Abigail character? I've been waiting for that because they always not, reference right? it. But right. do you think they'll actually like? Have a female would be, play that character. Oh God, I can't. I'm, I almost don't even want to tell you the thought that is it going to be like a Katie Vick type character? <laughs> uh, probably not. 
probably. Hopefully not. I don't even know what the Katie Vick character is. I just, because I was really often yeah. somewhere else when that was going on. <laughs> but I just know it was a dead person or something. Yeah, correct? it was one of Kane's former yeah. girlfriends that he killed that then. So played. doesn't that sound kind of Sister Abigail-ish? Like, well, uh, wasn't that the implication that Randy was Randy giving? was like, oh, she's buried under the floor, and then he lit the house on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why last night we were talking like, oh, well, this means we'll never get a Sister Was that to burn character. the bones so the ghost can't do anything, like in Supernatural? Oh, is that the idea? I don't know. I, I don't They know. just kept flashing to those worms, and I just was distracted. I hope there were no <laughs> maggots and worms harmed. harmed in the making of that. Good to know. Thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For real? Thing. That thing. It was a good one. Well, we now know someone who will not be stepping back into the WWE ring. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal says on his podcast that this alleged match that was supposed to go down with the big show at WrestleMania 33 probably will not happen. And most of all, he wants you guys to know that it is not his fault. He said that several times. It's not my fault. That's all you need to know. It's not totally off yet, he said, but it's not looking good. Although he still tries to trash talk a little bit and says, I look better than Big Show and I'll meet him anywhere. But he's saying, I'm not taking fault for it, but this is off. This fault is following Big Show made some comments a few days ago where he said that Shaq is not taking this seriously and that this could be his last WrestleMania. And he really wanted that respect from Shaq uh, to know that he was putting putting something into it. I, you know, it buns me up for, for Show because... He's in some of the best. He might be in the best shape I've ever seen him at. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know he's been way bigger and more and more jacked up and you know more more muscles and, and that and more mass, but never been in this good of shape. Mm-mm. And you know I think that was a motivation for it, and you know for that to possibly fall through. Huge disappointment. Bummer. Bummer. Well, yeah, and you know, so now they haven't. There hasn't been anything else building up for him. I think because they've been counting on this match. So bad idea, though. Bad idea to put. I don't care what is said. Like you know, in a you know red carpet line, when you ask if you want to have a match with me at WrestleMania, you know, you got to get the the deal done before you start counting on anything. And even then, things happen. You get hurt, something like that. Come on. So you think they have a backup plan for Big Show? Because it would be horrible if he just gets scrapped from WrestleMania now, especially right. all, Andy, all Andy, the hard work he's put in. That and the fact that he really did business for for uh, Braun Strowman. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that could have been the WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. I think they could still work to that. That match was so. People keep talking about that match. I think it's still a distinct possibility. Sure. But they would have to give something back to to show, which is something that they're not really wanting to do with Braun right now. Does that make any sense to you, Mark? One hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I mean, to make that match more, you know, of a marquee match, and you know, geez, wonder who's going to win. I mean, Show has to get something back on him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe that will happen. We shall see. So, but it does appear that Shaq is out for WrestleMania, and several wrestlers are out at TNA. (laughs) Now being billed, of course, as Impact Wrestling, the Hardys, Maria Kanellis and Matt Bennett, Jade and Drew Galloway have. 
Mike Bennett. What did I Mike, say? Matt Bennett. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Maria, sorry. Mike, they're all there. They, well, they're not there. They're leaving TNA. Contracts done over. Negotiations have broken down. And they're all gone. Rebby gave an interview yesterday. And she's kind of spilling the tea and is confirming that the Hardys are leaving. She said that the contract negotiations went up to just a few days before the deadline. And they felt disrespected by that. She said they certainly didn't intend to leave the company. That this limited schedule and the fact that the family got to travel together was really the ideal situation for them and they didn't want this to happen. But she did give a nod during this interview to Dixie Carter and said that Dixie Carter knew how to talk to people and give people the respect that they need. And now the question is whether Matt will be able to take this uh, broken brilliance along with him when he goes. And Rebby said he's not letting it go. They'll be broken wherever there is sure. Matt Hardy. She also said that they offered to go to the next TNA tapings and give up the tag titles, but that Anthem turned them down for that. Hmm. So a lot, a lot of interesting developments going on there. And of course, uh, we now know that Bruce Pritchard is having a hand, <clears throat> excuse me, backstage in the creative. So a lot of changes going on there. The company's reaction to losing their, their biggest stars is that they were looking to freshen up the roster and that they're excited about the new talent oh, they're bringing gee, in. for crying out loud. <laughs> really? I mean, I guess you got to try to spend something as best you can when, when it looks like, you know, ugh, everybody's like, Leaving the Titanic. I was just thinking that. That's really leaving what that it shit. what it appears. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and that's too bad because I'm looking. I was looking for the TNA to get its act together here. You know, Jeff Jeff had, had so much better understanding of how to run a wrestling company. And that, come on, what would she say again about Dixie? She said that uh, Dixie, at least Dixie knew how to talk to people and give the respect that they needed. At least Dixie knew how to bullshit people. <laughs> well, she is a good Southern gal. Oh, my God. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Yeah, but here's Whatever, the thing. I, and this is something I told, this is something I, when I was negotiating with TNA at one point many years back, mm-hmm. and I told them, I, you know what? It costs a lot of money to be in the big time wrestling business to be to, to have okay you want people to look at you like a big time wrestling company mm-hmm. it costs a lot of money yeah you know and guess what did right now is the first time in a long time that the talent is gaining leverage um in the industry again mm-hmm. so Hey, that's just the way it goes. It'll go back. The pendulum will swing back again. But now, ah. what what do you think has caused that? It's so a, a seller's market right, right now. now. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, these these high costs. For Sorry TNA, for the buyers. <laughs> these high costs for TNA to look like a big league company. Where where should they be putting that money? And well, into keeping their into keeping, keeping the their gu- yes. Yes, absolutely. The guy, the the there are just a, there are a few guys there that are kind of household names. Mm-hmm. You'd think they'd want to keep them. You'd think, especially when they see how like AJ Styles, who is like the household name for TNA, is doing so well in WWE. You'd think they learn like, hey, maybe we should keep our homegrown talent here, mm-hmm. or at least people here that are making us a higher level and getting people to buzz and talk about us, like keep them happy and keep them here mm-hmm. instead of being like, no, I don't want to. I, I just, your- you know, as far as we need some new blood 
uh, in the creative departments everywhere. You know, like to keep going back to, you know, what we knew worked 20 years ago or, or whatever. And, and I get it, man. When we, when we're brought in to run something, we like to bring our familiar, you know, people that we're comfortable having around us. But guess what? Like sometimes it's just not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how much you love everyone and how comfortable you are having these certain people close and, you know, ah. So you I, think I just, they should freshen up creative instead of freshen up the roster over there at Impact? Yeah, yeah. Well, freshen up the roster, too. I mean, there's – you have to have freshness, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, there has to be, you know. We're going infomercial style today. I like it. Yeah, whatever. I like it. I'm done talking about TNA right now. All right. Well, Jade and Maria, those gorgeous ladies are out. But some other gorgeous ladies of wrestling are in <laughs> – Netflix released a promo and announced today that their series called Glow about the 80s wrestling promotion, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, will be released on June 23rd. The entire season, you know how Netflix rolls. All the episodes will be released that day. And they're also adding that 2012 documentary about Glow back to the Netflix library on the 31st of March. So make sure you tune into that to gear up for it. And then June 23rd, the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling are back. This is a comedy mind you a, a scripted comedy scripted yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm looking forward to seeing it i think it's gonna be good i was a, I, okay the, have i talked about this before about glow and how the the actual rest and ring content was terrible but like everything else was great no let's talk about it well i just did that was <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it <laughs> well i mean okay just look at like they were a lot of things like okay all the backstage segments and everything that were done way before anyone else did them yeah yeah yeah, putting everybody in a house together. Things like that, right? So, I mean, uh, there was a lot of really cool things about it. I like that you knew the characters. Yeah. Every, just, like, look alone. Okay, like, this is the character you're playing. Mount Fiji. Yeah, oh, so many. <laughs> Tina Ferrari. That was uh, Ivory. Yeah, Ivory, uh, yeah, Hollywood and Vine. There's so many yeah. good the housewives. There are so many good characters. It was so that. ahead of its time with Housewives and putting everybody in a house together. Man. Remember the Housewives? The actual tag team, the Housewives? Yeah. That's what I, yeah. And then yeah. there were uh, Chainsaw and, oh man, I can't think of her other name. But they played multiple characters. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So they were awesome. All right. That's cool. I can't wait for this. Allison Bree and Chavo Guerrero was involved in the wrestling aspect of it. It's going to be good. And Mondo Guerrero good. helped train the original Glow. That's right. Yep. So that's cool that they kept the Guerrero Look, around. If if there was something going on in Hollywood, something you know wrestling related, fight scene related, it would go first to Judo Jean LaBelle, and if he passed on it, it would go to the Guerreros. Really? Yeah, Mondo. Yeah, as far oh, as as far as stunt coordinating. Why? Jean Remember, didn't she? Oh, yeah, yeah, Jean Labelle is still Jean the was, man. Was always the oh, first yeah. go to. Yes. And then if he's just like, eh, I don't, I don't want to be bothered. Yeah, like, that was just like, don't you remember us talking about WSX? Yeah. Yeah, Jean Labelle was, you know, passed on it. Oh. And Mondo Guerrero came in and collected yeah. a check, Dave Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Well, because really there was nothing for him to do. What was he actually going to do? Yeah, because all those people already knew. We don't need how to take yeah. <laughs> But that's just how it works, you know. You have to give, you have to grease all the right people to make sure the, you the know, all the cogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. <laughs> Love that. Well, this has been your X-Pac 12360 News of the Week. I'm Christy Olson, the AfterBuzz TV Managing Editor and Chief Correspondent of our Pro Wrestling News Division. And we will be right back with an exclusive interview with Bushwhacker Luke. Stay tuned. What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice-weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. We're back with more X-Pac 12360, and joining us now, after starting a career in his native New Zealand, he has been wrestling for over 50 years. <laughs> Alongside his tag team partner and cousin Butch, they scored championships at Stampede Wrestling and NWA as the Sheep Herders, then went marching into WWE, where he had a very memorable Royal, Ro- Royal Rumble moment and was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2000. 2015. He's now the owner of Clearwater Beach Fitness Gym in Florida and is in unbelievable shape. You know he loves his yoga on the beach. Please welcome to the show Bushwhacker Lou. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Whoa. G'day, mateys. It is great to be on your show, Sean. Yeah. Thank you for coming on, Luke. Oh, my God. Oh, shoot. When when uh, Christy told me he agreed to come on, I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. What, Great you're, to be there, mate. You're at the gym, Luke. When did you? Uh, yeah, when, I'm sitting. When did that I'm become my office at the gym? When did that become your gym, Luke? Uh, I was in Puerto Rico for 13 years. Yeah. With IWA. Yeah, and that when I came back in 2013, um, it was only uh, I was walking around the second day back. I was looking around at these 24-hour fitness places. You know. You fit LA Fitness and Anytime Fitness, and a guy. I used to, remember the restaurant I used to have by the Buck Stadium. Yeah, Bushwhackers down yeah. under. Well, the, the manager that rang me up, he says, "Come for a drink," and I said, "I'm looking for looking for a gym," and he he must have said it out loud. Looking for a gym at ten o'clock, and a guy in the background says, "Tell him to stop looking; he can have his own." Uh. And, um, <laughs> I thought that, I thought I thought that was a joke, and that I mean how. The guy ended up, he owns the plaza, Hulk Hogan shop is right underneath yes. on Clearwater Beach, Florida. Yeah, I've been, I've been there, Luke. I don't know if you remember me coming by there. And Yeah, of course you do. Of course I do, mate. Yeah. I, I didn't, uh, you know, the Hulk's the Hulk store is there, and I just thought it was all kind of one thing. I thought the gym and, and, and Hulk's store were kind of combined, no? No, no. Ah, okay, I was mistaken. No, he, Sorry about that. Yeah, this is... <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, up here, and Hulk's got that place down there. And at the end of this month, Hulk is opening his new place. Hopes to have it open a week before, uh, maybe the, the 20th of um, March. Hopes to have his new store open in Orlando, yeah. uh, just on International Drive. Oh, wow, on International Drive. That's where awesome. everything is. Mm-hmm. What is it going to be? Yeah. Is it going to be a gym, a restaurant? Uh, what's, what, what kind of no, place is no. it? No, it's a, a store like it's memorabilia store but this uh, one is going to be he's got his viper his uh wwe viper in there he's got an nwo motorbike he's got it's going to be really decked out oh very cool very cool so hey uh luke 
I was I was uh, talking to uh, Christy and, and Jimbo here on the couch, and I was I, I I asked them because I couldn't remember. I I thought I was sure that you started with uh, when Jim Barnett was running in New Zealand and and um, yeah, in Australia I, or no? He was in Australia. Australia, yeah. He he came to Australia in '65 when the R and R started coming in from Vietnam. You know, '65 to '72. I started in '62. At that time, we were only running when an American or a European wrestler come over. We were, they would come for about three months, run, run two shows or three shows a week, and we would run then. But it wasn't until 66 that we started running full-time. And that's when I started going over to Jim Barnett in Australia and working for Jim. I never threw a punch or a kick, you know, because it was really European style. Right. European style. Uppercut. And knee drops and that. We never threw. And then when I went over to work for, for Jim, we had four rings, four ropes, I mean. Oh, yeah. And the rings were like a boxing ring. Yes. There were four ropes, and the floor was like, it's a boxing ring. Anyhow, um, later on, by 70, 70, when Jim, Jim left Australia in 72 and that, and came over to New Zealand for a year or so before he came back to the States. You know, his company was WCW. Right. He was the originator of WCW. Anyhow, that's when I learned to kick and stunt and punch. We we used to wrestle. We didn't even use sure. the ropes. You know, we chain wrestling and all that BS. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm in American style wrestling, kicking and punching and just working one hold. I was just that gonna was say, it. I was just gonna say, all that chain wrestling really came in handy later in your career, didn't it, Luke? <laughs> 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 that that was different. Those those days were completely different. Right. Left and right side, mate. Oh, you we were working that side too. Right. Oh, see, a lot of people that are listening, they don't realize that. Like, um, pretty much everywhere in the world, everyone works the left side of the body. And, and I just know this from yeah. you talking yes, about it. Yes, and only in Mexico do they work on the right side. But apparently, that you guys worked on the right side and. And, uh, we, yeah, European style. Yeah, we 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 did it. It was different, mate. We worked either side, wow. and hardly ran to the ropes. You know, you know, you never did coming off the ropes or anything like that. That was very rare. Is that why? We put the guy up against the ropes and tie. Yeah. We put the guy up against the ropes and tie him up in the ropes and, and that sort of stuff. Sure. Did you ever work for uh, Ricard in New Zealand at all, Steve Ricard? Yeah, yeah, Steve Ricard, yeah. I started earlier, well before, with Al Hobman, who was a Mr. New Zealand in 1950. And then Steve, and then Steve, um, when, when Jim Barnett came over, that's when Steve, uh, Alan sold his company, and that, and Steve took over. He, Steve was running against Alan, but small time. Right. Then he bought, he took over, and that was Jim Barnett, and that's when all the Americans started coming in. But before that, we had Andre. Andre Butcher me wrestled all around the country yeah. when he was 350 with a big afro. Uh, and yeah, of course. Killer Kowalski, Killer Kowalski, we wrestled a lot. In, in you know, well, I I didn't wrestle against him in Australia because I was a, a heel. But I, when I come to Canada in '71, I wrestled against Killer a lot then. You know, you Killer mean Kowalski. When you first came here to the to the West, was it was it Calgary? Was that your first territory you came to? No, it was no Grand Prix. Oh, for Emile Dupree. Giant, 
No, no, Emil was a spin-off. Oh, uh, okay. The, Grand, the original Grand Prix was the, the Vachons opened that up uh. in that that in uh, Andre came over, and that and that was uh, Andre was the main baby face. Kowalski was the main heel, and we'd both known them. So we when we, when we came in, they were running three towns a night. And Rougeau's were running one town a night. So Quebec and Ontario were getting four wrestling shows a night. That's, wow. that's so cool. What Do you have some favorite memories from that time and working with those guys? Uh, well, it was crazy. Well, crazy. Okay. <laughs> They're off the wall, the stories I've got. Uh, with, with, some, with some crazy, crazy Buddy Roberts. And that Renault and, and um, Humper Dink and that with the fabulous blondes, Jerry Brown and Dow Roberts, they were wild. Oh, yeah, Kerry. They then throw furniture out six stories out. Maisonov Avenue runs parallel with the St. Catharines in Montreal. And um, there were three lanes of traffic either way. Maisonov Avenue, we were, they lived on the sixth floor. That spoke. Furniture out and watch it bounce off roofs of cars. God. Wow! You used to, so you wow guys, stuff. Luke, you guys stayed on St. Catherine Street in Montreal. That's like the that's no, known. We, we, no, we stayed on Maisonneuve. Oh, uh, okay. St. Catherine Street Catherine's is like St. Catherine's the main street. Yeah, that's like the where all the where all the the nightlife is and all oh, the yeah. yeah all yeah. the all the beautiful nude ladies and <laughs> you know things yeah, of that nature. President Avenue is just off. Um, that's where all the, on the on the uh, West End, Crescent Avenue was with all the bars, one bar after another bar after another bar. That's just off um, St. Catharines. Hey, hey, um, Luke, when you were uh, when you came over and you started working for the Bichon's Grand Prix in Montreal, was that was Dino Bravo and 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 was was that was he working there? Or was Dino, he working for Rougeau's? Dino was 18 years old then. Yeah, 19 years old. Tall, about two ten, tall hair, and that. Yeah, he was just starting. Gino Brito and Dino Bravo were a tag team. The Honolulu were blondes. They were insane, mate. Jerry Brown and Dale yeah. Roberts. As you know, Dale Roberts and the crazy things he used to do. He was wild. Oh yeah, completely wild. Ribs were ribs were heavy too. The heavy ribs. You know what I mean? Yes. Halliburton suitcases. The six hundred dollars. A four hundred dollar suitcase in those days in nineteen seventy, nailed to a big bench with a big six inch nail, and oh, then yeah. the guy got to, to pick it up, and you know, four hundred dollar case would be ripped to pieces. Oh sure. And that suits, you know, Michonne's would wear. Mars Michonne was a man, you wild and that, but he used to wear suits and that all the time, and they'd cut all the legs. So when he put his suit pants on, <laughs> the leg would fall off and all that shit. They did. <laughs> Did the Hollywood blondes did wild stuff. That sounds a lot. That sounds like Kurt Hennig ribs, making <laughs> Bermuda shorts out of people. I know they were, they were nasty. They were nasty yeah. on that to, to yeah. people. You know, people who were hitchhiking across Canada and that that picked them up and that, and then that um, start being very gay in the car, and the people would try to dive out the car while I was rolling. Oh yeah, no, I've heard those. I've They're heard those crazy ribs. ribs. Yes. Yeah, no, and it got even way worse than that, Luke. Um, from from the stories that yeah. I heard from even my you know my teacher and some of the older guys, but 
I guess. Yeah, we, they're really. Yeah. Do people still play ribs in wrestling now? No, not in WWE. Like, mm-hmm. I asked him that, Luke. Like, I asked him that when uh, most recently I asked somebody, is anybody rib anymore? And they're like, oh, no. Oh, no, no nobody does no, that. Like, those, kids, those kids couldn't take the ribs. No. In my next territory is the Hearts territory, and the ribs, the kids, the heart kids, this is Brett was only 12, 13 then. Right. But Smith and Bruce. Smith Hart. And that, and, and uh, he's nearly dead now, God bless him. With yeah. Cancer right through his body. But um, Smith and, and Wayne, not Wayne, he's dead now, the, the original. The little, Dean? little one, he died Dean. liver. Yeah. Dean and that, their ribs were so heavy and that, you know, on the road and that, and they were wild ribs. Yeah. Heavy ribs, you know what I mean? Oh, very. Nice handcuffed to the, to the post way out in the country with the snowing and all, yeah. all that. They had to set guys up, you know, in the dressing room and things that happened. And, you know, that's where the Mabel River eventuated. A lot of ribs eventuated up in, in the early 70s from Calgary. Did anybody ever rib you guys? No, no. Even in the basement. Even in the basement of Stu's home. We used to go there every Sunday to put the week together. Right. We, he never got asked us to go in the basement. But um, i seen guys in the basement shit their pants and their <laughs> veins, popping their eyes and that. And Stu, Stu wouldn't take the hold. He'd get you to go down your knees. And That's right. They tell you to tell you to fight out of it. That's right. You know, you had. I guess you had plenty of tapes that Brett Brett used to tape them when he was a kid, and he still used to bring them to a dressing room. That's right. You hear you hear Stu go, fight a kid, fight a kid. Oh, and they'd be screaming. Do you, do you know who who I heard one time uh, had that happen to him? And I heard the tape was Joe LaDuke's nephew, like Carl LaDuke. Yeah, oh my god, it yeah, was it was awful. Is yeah. that the show some discipline tape? Oh I guess. Or is like I don't Stu's know. just like show some discipline tape? So how come like Sailor White too? Oh, Sailor yeah. White was a Heidi Newfie. Yeah. You heard of Sailor White? He was yeah, one of, of the moon dogs, original moon dogs. And he was a Heidi Newfie, two seventy five two eighty. Crazy. Jump off the top rope at two eighty, anywhere into the crowd, and that was Stu put him down and had a Yes, Joe, you can hear Sailor screaming. And that, you know, she would sit on him. She was very, the old amateur, very yeah. thick in the sides and the hips. He would, he had that balance there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And he would sit on you. Hey, make you, uh, <laughs> Luke, how did crazy. you, so how did, how did you and Butch avoid the, the, uh, the dungeon? How did you guys not end up down there? No, he liked us. Yeah. <laughs> he he took big money for us. Hey, I gotta tell you, tell you a story. Yeah. We started. We couldn't. We couldn't tell the story on um, the Hall of Fame, but we had to make it soft, though. You know, we told right. short stories on there. Okay. So we, after we finished in Grand Prix, the next territory they said Stampede. We never heard of Stampede. We were two kids from New Zealand. We'd worked in Singapore and Japan. And for Stu uh, and for Jim Barnett and that, but we never heard of Stu Harden and his 12 kids. Next minute, we arrive on Friday or Thursday night in, in, in Calgary. Friday, they do the fairgrounds. There's two arenas in the fairgrounds. 
It was the corral and the pavilion. Yep. Now the corral is the big one. The saddle where dome? They, what is it called now? The saddle dome? I'll have a saddle dome yeah. here. Anyhow, we didn't know. So Friday night, you tape in the pavilion, and it shows 10 o'clock Saturday morning. We're in the ring against the champions, whoever they were. And we get DQ'd. We hadn't met Stu yet. The booker was Archie Goldie. Oh, yeah, the Mongolian stomper. Yeah, so so we we had a flagpole, the new Kiwi flagpole. We're beating them both up and that. They're laying there. Next minute, fucking kids, four kids are thrown in the ring. (laughs) Two are bleeding. And that... And we hear this guy, champ, 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 beat him up, beat him up, champ, champ. And that, and we couldn't tell, uh, we, you know, when we were told them who, who, um, at, at the Hall of Fame, we had to say two, four young wrestlers were thrown in the ring. Well, they weren't even wrestlers. These were Stu's young kids. Oh, crap. You know, one was 10 or 12, the oldest was 13 or 14. This was Brent and... I didn't even think Owen was one of them. He was too young, and that and two of them had been gigged. They were bleeding. That's and, crazy. And it was Abdullah. Abdullah throwing them in. I knew it. Abdullah from before. Hey, Luke. I knew it when you said when you said somebody was saying champ yeah. over and over again. I knew that was Abby because that's yeah. the only one that talks like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was with him two weeks ago in Columbus. Wow. Still those shiny bright eyes and that. And yeah, he threw them in. And we kicked the shit out of them, and now we headed back to the dressing room. We left four kids and two other wrestlers laying there, and there was Stuart the doors at the back of the pavilion. What the fuck? What the uh. are you doing? <laughs> and then we said, well, "Hey, Abby's fed these kids and it's told to put the boot to them." And he said, "They're my kids." Oh, Anyhow, the the, the, the the chime of the story is that was that weekend was a double shot. They did it three times a year. They did the pavilion on the Friday night. The show stayed, showed on Saturday morning. And we came back in the corral or the saddle dome on Sunday afternoon. It was a winter. So um, this was the first time we ever, within two days, three days, we came out. We didn't have drawing heat, but we had heat with the people because all the people knew Stu's kids. Yeah. So he, he was a promoter. So that drawing heat, like... There are two distinct kinds of heat, right, Luke? Yeah, we had yeah there was heat. We had heat with the people. There was throwing stuff and everything, but you know we didn't have the power of drawing a house yet. You know, right? Another three weeks, and then we were, you know, then we were we we had the power, and that that was 1972, 73, and then I came. We had six weeks off between two territories. We're working in Hawaii, and then we're going, going to um, Donald. We're in Japan, yeah. and we're going to Japan. And I called Stu up on that, and that's when Dynamite Kid first came in. Davy Boy hadn't come in yet, but Dynamite Kid, and we we teamed up with Dynamite Kid. We were the British connection. New Zealand being a British country, sure. we were against um, we were against um, Brett had just started, Brett. Uh, uh, um, not Smith, Bruce and Stu. We worked in Calgary and, and, and um, Edmonton against Stu and a six-man. How was that? So there's not many people. Oh, Stu, Stu did those old sliders. Yeah. Where he put you in the corner and they, go, they slide. Either, 
the fist slides past your ear and the elbow tips you on the jaw. Yeah. I wasn't a fan. I got to be honest with you, Luke, and, and I know, and you know, I love Stu, but I wasn't a fan of those. I thought they looked bad and they hurt. <laughs> oh yeah, they hurt. Yeah, but we, you know, he he hardly came in the ring, mate. Right. You know, the other two kids were. Brett was as green as well. You know, his first year in the business, and he had the most knowledge. He, you could work with Brett, where where Bruce, Bruce would cry if he had to sell. He was a. He was a blonde-headed, good-looking kid. But he didn't like us getting heat on him. He always wanted to get the heat on the other guy, and he made the comeback. But we suggested all the time, being the blue-haired, blue-eyed, blonde-headed kid, let's beat him up and that, and and do the angles with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he, you're right. Like his yeah. re- his rep is he didn't like to sell. Like even when he was in a tag team with Brian Pillman, they were called like, oh crap, what were they called? Top Guns or, or Bad Company. They were called. They were also called bad company. But anyways, yeah, he didn't like to sell then either. So you're you're right about that. Bruce. Yeah, no. Bruce. No, not Pillman. Bruce. No, no, he didn't. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce. Bruce had a bit of a. You know, and I like Bruce as a person. Oh yeah. That out of yeah, he he had a hard on, and you know, his books and that. And they all read against Brett and and Owen. You know, that all they, they all separated. You know what I mean? Owen, Owen, and, and Brett got along well. Yeah. The rest of them, they had a bit of a hard on, you know. Did Did you ever see them fight with each other? No, no, but I've been no, but I've been in the ribs. I've been in with involved with a lot of ribs. Yeah. I got back to the hotel. And Stu's on the phone. Well, you know he's laughing in the background. But what the fuck are you doing? He's calling us yeah. up because we always drove with one of the half, and it was either Mulo ringing up, complaining what we did with the girls, or someone. Who was flying? The agent would be ringing up Stu, complaining about the ribs. Yeah, and sometimes you would think you were on the phone with Stu, and it would be one of the other kids imitating him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be the kids imitating, but uh, some heavy ribs too. Hey, so you we were... had great two two great midgets there too. Back in those days, the early days with Skyler Low and Little oh, yeah. Beaver. Yep, they were insane. No, oh, yeah. Be- Little Beaver, uh, some people might know him from when he got squashed by King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania 3. Or 2, was it uh, 3? 3. Yeah. Do yeah. You- I don't know if you saw Queen that. Queen of the Steam. Yeah. Queen but- of the Steam. So, hey, Luke, he you, you were, you were mentioning <laughs> uh, that you were stopping in Hawaii, like in between Japan. Was that for Maivia, Leah Maivia? No, no, Peter? no. Steve Rickard bought Japan off, off, um, oh, his son was in the, uh, paid for the, um, the Patriots. Um, I forget. The guy Russ Francis? Bill Francis? Huh? Russ or Bill Francis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Francis. Yeah. Yeah, we were working for him, and then, uh, then Steve came in and bought it, and that, and he didn't know what he was doing there. And that went down, you know, because Francis had a, a good rapport with the uh, Japan. Yeah. So all the talent coming between Japan and um, Japan and uh, and the States, it all stay all stop over there for a week or so. But we were doing five islands a week. Every night we'd fly in low over Diamond Head and see Jack Lord doing Hawaii Five right. O. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, hey, wasn't Francis yeah. involved with Portland? Because I could have sworn I remember seeing him there a lot. 
Yeah, the kid, the kid there, he came in, you know, off season. He worked in the ring, right? Right. Russ worked yeah, in Russ. the ring. He, 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 oh, between season, he loved to wrestle. And he came into Portland, you know. That was a territory. Now, there was a territory that I was in from 79, 78, 79. There was Jimmy Snooker was just leaving. There was, God bless him, listen to this. Yeah. Jimmy Snooker, Adrian Adonis, yeah. Roddy Piper, Buddy Rose, they're all dead. Yeah, I was watching a match with 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 you and Butch versus uh, Adrian and uh, I think it was Roddy or somebody. Ron Star. Oh, Ron Star. That's who it was. Rotten Ron Star. I knew it. I, I don't know why I confused him with Roddy. Anyways. Yeah, but there were. You guys were yeah. baby faces then, huh? No, no, we turned heel just when we left. We we turned baby face when we left the territory. We were there for a year and a half, right. and that is a small territory and that. But we, we, Roddy told me later that we had, with Rick Martell and Roddy Piper yep. against me and Bush, we had 22 consecutive sellouts. Oh, yeah. And you got... That's for... That, I, sometimes I'm, we would do a Tuesday. Yeah. We'd do a Saturday and a Tuesday. Uh, we, the Buddy Rose was the single, and we were the tag, and we're going to six-man, and then... Roddy and Ricky would bring the Giants in. They'd bring, you know, Jesse was Jesse was sleeping when we came in there. Right. Jesse Ventura, he could, Jesse could talk a house. He could talk the people into what, into the arena. Luke was 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 Larry the Axe and Kurt Hedding there at the time? No, no. no. That was after. Your dad, dad had been in there. The dad had been there. Kurt hadn't been there yet. This is. I don't think Kurt had been there. He, he went in there in '81. Oh well. So, but you guys left. You you turned babyface right before you left. Is that the only time you were ever babyfaces before you went to WWE? Yeah. Yes, that was the only time ever. Oh. But we we went back to we went back in in six seventy five back to New Zealand after having a five year run in Canada. Yeah. And that. And we had a lot of newspaper, a good rapport with, you know, uh, newspapers in New Zealand and all that. Sure. And the, Steve Rickard, the, the booker was Mark Lewin. Yeah. And they bought us back as heels. Mark Lewin. Do you Lewin believe the... that? They bought Because he, he, was, he was a baby face and he didn't want to, he, he, you know, and I like Mark. I said, he's still yeah. alive. And that, but Rick Mattel, there was the baby faces were Rick Mattel and, um, and Mark then, and then later on, Don Morocco came in. Sure, and uh, they're all babies. Huh. That was in New Zealand. Canada. In yeah. Canada. In New Zealand. No, in New Zealand. So, how did you make your way yeah, back to the United States? I know we we, we in seventy eight. We came back in seventy five, and we got sick of it. We we had to get back to the states because. You only go so far in New Zealand, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same circuit all the time. And that, you know, it's just like the world knows about Hollywood. Everybody, actors want to get to Hollywood, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, you're, sure. You're right there now. Exactly. <laughs> That's what... The same, you know, wrestling. The United States was the Hollywood of wrestling, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. All the mag- we didn't have wrestling on television or anything. And the magazines... Everyone was from the States and all the magazines. There was George Phillips' magazines coming to New Zealand. 
George Napolo's magazine. Napolitano, yep. Yeah, yeah right. George, I still talk to him all the time. Yeah, I see him too. He's, I love George. I really love George. He's yeah, a great but, guy. Uh, so, yeah. hey, Luke, you know, when you guys were in Portland, you were sporting a different look. You, I mean, I remember some... I Am I... Am I wrong in remembering that I actually saw you guys wearing tie-dye stuff at one point, and your hair was long? You kind of look like hippies, actually. Yeah, yeah. Now we 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 were wearing tights, and that when we first came to Portland, and then we changed the army. That's where we changed the, the whole army get up right in Portland. That's in, funny. In nineteen seventy-nine, we and, came in wearing tights. We were it was we were Sweet William and the Brute when we first arrived to Canada. And they changed Brute because the Brute had already been in Canada. So they changed him to Nick Carter, crazy Nick Carter. So Sweet William, I was it was Beauty and the Beast. I led Butcher out on the collar and chain. Sweet oh. William and the Brute? Who came up with that one? Yeah. That was us. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Oh, that was a good I mean, that was a really good one. I like that. No, that like was Nick Sweet Nick. William. It was Sweet William and the Brute. And that was... And I did him in a dog collar. When I let him off the collar, mm-hmm. he would go crazy. That's, wow. how, that's what we did in the in the sixties in Singapore and, and all around that way. Right. You know, in the Far East. Yeah. Oh and, wow. Uh, you know, I don't hear I don't hear a lot of guys talking about those the the wrestling like in in that area, like in mm-hmm. Singapore and Malaysia and all that. But I know like uh, oh, you, you know King Curtis, King Curtis, Mark Lewin. Yeah, we, we worked up there a lot. Singapore, Penang, uh, all those things where, where Cassius Clay had one of us fights. Right. Sort of Manila. Oh, we worked all through that area a lot because Steve Rickard was friends with um, the original King Kong. And yeah. then and he ran all that area in you know, Malaysia. What, how, what was business like in, the, in those areas? Oh, crazy, mate, crazy. Did they have a lot? drive up through the jungle. We drive up through the jungle after curfew time. We weren't supposed to be in on the road after five o'clock. Right. You'd hear rat a tat tat. You'd hear the machine guns in the in the jungle. The Vietnam War was on. Oh, you know, we, we we'd drive right up north. You know, you leave Singapore and then start driving up uh, Malaysia, or was called Asia in those days. Asia. Yeah, and and. Did they have any like uh, any local stars that they tried to build a promotion around? You know, like a like a Malaysian yeah, star. Yeah, they had local guys. King Kong was a local guy. Oh, they had okay. local draw. Huh. He was five for four hundred and eighty pounds. You know, we, and then they had local Indians. You know, they had the local lot of Indians there. The, indi- the indigenous India. people. And then the local Singapore guys. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but, we worked with a lot of them, and the stadiums too. The, You'd work the stadium for three nights in a row, and you'd go to the next big stadium in the next city, and you'd they'd run for three nights in a row. Wow! That's and in the early, that's in the uh, the mid '60s, the late '60s. Huh. So what ended up? How come that ended up dying? Uh, Mark and King stole it all. <laughs> so <laughs> Mark and King were, were well known at going into places and and. Um, you know, was for a promoter, right. and then finding out who the money man is, and going back and running themselves, and they had hot shot it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Clean the, clean the promoter out. Clean so, the promoter out. So, wow. talking about all these different territories you were in, what was it like to see Vince come in and just like 
pick all the top talent and pretty much just take everything from the territories, which pretty much started the territories disbanding. Yeah, I, well, I was booking a territory before WWF. I was booking a territories, and then and all of a sudden, you know, he was starting to take all the top talent out of the territories. But I had already stopped booking. I was, I was in NWA. I booked from eighty right up to um, eighty-six. I had a short run in Carolinas, and we walked out. We didn't walk out. We gave him three months' notice. That was eighty-one. And I didn't realize he gives a, you, you don't give uh, Jim Crockett notice. He tells you when to finish up. Right. And I didn't know the politics and that. And he would say, "I'll bring you back in two years," and that. Well, we we got a deal in Puerto Rico's. We gave him three months' notice, and we had the we had the belts. Yeah. And that and and after that, he wouldn't hire us. He bought out Bill Watts got caught with a girl and uh, Dark whatever. Journey. Bill had to sell a city <laughs> Dark Journey yeah. had to sell the territory and we were the champion. We had beaten Doc and Ted DiBiase and we were their champions. Yeah. So that's how we got back into Crockett's territory. And we were only there, we were only there for six months and Vince got, we got the call from Vince. Uh. So um in, in, in between time we I was booking. And everywhere we're going, where you know, you know, all the top. This is when the territories, all the top talent. First territory, of course, that Vince hit because he had a heart on was from where you're from, Minneapolis. Oh, I see well, Minneapolis from, out first. I'm from Tampa as well, uh, Luke. So I thought maybe. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, he hit them too. No, no he cleaned. <laughs> he, yeah, but he cleaned. He cleaned Minneapolis out first. Oh yeah. You know, the junior in '83. Yeah, he took he took guys he took guys just to take them too. Like he didn't even use Mad Dog, and he just took them just to take them. You know, so yeah, Kim Batera. You know, he took Bobby Heenan, Mean Gene, Jack Lanza. Yeah, yeah, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, took him to. Then he went to Bill Watts' territory, and he cleaned that out. You know, the first vote. Yeah. Didn't clean it completely out. He left, he left Ted there and he left Jake there. But he took the, the dog and, uh, you know, Junkhead dog. He took Bundy. He took one man gang. Wow. Yeah. So, but. Yeah. Hey, Luke, I, I, I wanted to ask, I wanted to mention this to you. I wanted to mention this to you uh, uh, a, a few minutes ago. My. My image when when I guess when average people that aren't wrestling fans when they're when the word sheep herder is is said <laughs> they don't picture like these crazy badass militant guys in camos like you know just bludgeoning Bloody guys faces. almost to death like that was my image when I heard the name sheep herder you know yeah that well you know people a lot of people asked was how could you go from the most hardcore violent team to do in the bushwhackers, and that was easy. Going from wrestling to becoming a uh, to becoming a, an entertainment, it was becoming from a wrestler to a celebrity. Yeah. Vince turned you from a wrestler to a celebrity, and that they said, "How could you do it?" And I said, "Fuck it, money talks to professionals." <laughs> exactly, exactly, and come on, isn't it all about? Making the people react, you know, getting a reaction from the people. Yes. Like, 
And that was, I mean, come on. I've been in there with you guys. I wrestle, I wrestle, you know, I've been in matches with, with you guys, and it was the easiest match that got the most reaction damn near of any match in the card. Why is that? Yeah, it's entertaining because we work for the people. We didn't yeah. work for ourselves. We talked about getting the call, finally, from WWF. Who made that call, and, and what did they say, and were you excited about it? How did that all go down? I, I was sad, man. Uh, Christy, I was sitting tapes, and I was sitting Betamax tapes. And uh-huh. if you go back in time, you ever heard of Betamax? Oh, yeah, oh, no. the big ones. No, the small, actually, I Betamax. Was, I was oh, sitting, the tiny ones. Yeah, Betamax was... Sorry, go ahead. I, I was sitting those... I was sending those betas into the, the dad, Vince Senior, in 72, 73. And then, yeah, we just shot an angle with, um, we'd been working with rock and roll in, in NWA, and we just shot an angle with um, Max Luger and Barry Windham, and we're up in Cincinnati. And I went to the phone box, and then we were working out in the gym, and of course, I never worked on the on the boiler. I, I never worked uh, um, the core. Butch did. He's talking days. about ab work. The, <laughs> yeah, the abs. The core, the boiler. Anyhow, um, I got my phone call, and I picked up my messages from Charlotte, where we lived, and it was a Pat on the phone. She called this number. Pat who? Okay. As soon as possible. And I didn't know who Pat it was. So I called this Pat guy, and he, he says, Pat Patterson here says, I'm in the room here, I'm going to put you on speaker for I got someone to speak to you. And it was Vinny Mack. Uh-huh. He Kiwi, and it was Vinny. He says, we're interested in you guys and that. And when you give a day off, can you come up? Can you come up? We'll have the tickets. And I says, the funny thing is, we haven't had a day off, and we've got Wednesday off. He says, when you get home on Monday, this is a Saturday the tickets will be delivered. They'll be on your doorstep on Monday. Nice. Did this you know? Did you know Pat from Montreal? No, I never did. Oh, so you didn't know I Pat worked, before that? He worked for Rougeau's. Ah, okay. He worked for Rougeau's. I, you know, he was. That's why Jock and you know Jock got away with a lot because of the, the Rougeau, the dad. Right. Pat and oh, for Jack, sure. Pat and Jock Senior and Jack Rougeau. You know they were the brothers, the dads, the dad. Yeah, is that why? Is that why everyone thinks Pat Pat was in on the the Jacques beating up or hitting dynamite, sucker punching dynamite thing? I could could have been made. Who knows? Uh, yeah. So so you get the call yeah. and you guys are coming. You you talked a little bit about changing from this violent gimmick to something more comedic. Was that presented to you Vinny right Van, away? Vinny says to us for that, I want you to be, you know. First, he says, I want to change your image to the good guys. And and fucking Butch got up on the desk. His nose was about 15 to 18 inches from Vince's. And he says, if you can make these faces, baby faces, go ahead. Uh And he says, says, Vince said, take a look at the mushes of my top baby faces. Hogan, (laughs) Haxel, Jim Duggan. He says, they're not the prettiest. Yeah. And hey, he was right. Yeah, and that... And that, and then I, of course, I piped up, being old school. I says, bring us in his heels and turn us baby face. And you don't tell Vinnie Mac what to do. You know, he, he, that's old school. Yeah. I was being too old school then. He, 
he bought a 77 to bring in for two for a month doing vignettes. You know, bring in once a week and we'll cut four or five vignettes. Because those days he had he had a USA Network plus he had um, affiliated television. You know what I mean? Yeah. NBC or ABC and that as well as the as USA Network. So, you know, he'd be, he had about three different shows a week on. Was there was there another that, hey, Luke? Was there another angle to him wanting to hire you guys besides the fact that you're a great tag team and, and you know uh, excellent? Well, just great talents. I mean, was it? Did it have anything to do with you guys being from New Zealand, or you know, was there an angle? Yeah, like- yes, yes. I will tell you why. Because they just got rid of the British Bulldogs. Uh-huh. Mm. That and that and they had they had no British, you know team from you know the British we well, not a British Empire. accent but there there you are that you the timing. The timing was yeah. right there. That's when Jock had just punched dynamite, yeah. knocked his teeth out and and that and that and that's when they got that's when that and that's when we came in. And do you think that it was still trying to capitalize on the popularity of the um of the uh Crocodile Dundee movies? Were they still hot? Oh, yes. Yeah. No, that was it. All the vignettes we did at the start, that was strictly the cars on the wrong side of the street. Yeah. You know, the um, you know, we'd never seen a pop machine before, and, and we'd put the money in the machine, and I'd pop the top with my teeth and yeah. all the bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Speaking we threw of, the knives and forks away they, and ate with our hands in restaurants. They, um... But they, I know they tried to bring in this guy Outback Jack, and it failed miserably before that. Know anything about that? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, but Outback, Aussies are a bit, I shouldn't sure say this, everything you've done, Aussies have done better. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. You know, he had that attitude, too. You know oh, what I mean? he paid for it, and, too. And, the, of course, <laughs> they, ripped, they, they ripped him so yes. much, too, mate. The Bulldogs... And, you know, they cut his crocodile off the back of his jacket. They would drop Halcyon in him all the time. Halcyon are a really hardcore sleeping him. pill. Yeah, keep going. I'm they, sorry. Yeah. They just ripped him so heavy in that. And the, the, to top it off, Vince had to get a crocodile head, which he bought from down under. He got a kid and brought over and that and cured and put on the back of a jacket for him. You know, the crocodile head and they... And Davy Boy cut it off and gave it to Neidhart. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that's, Those are the, that's how it was, I, man. That's how it was back then. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Duke came in too. Joe Duke was a great friend of mine. I had him in all the territories I booked. And and the, and that, and Vince knew that he was a heavy drinker and a partier. Yeah. Told him, you can drink, don't drink in bars, drink in the room. And that, and the fucking, uh, the dogs, the dogs got him into a bar, I think it was in Philly, at the Marriott at the airport and that, and they had him loaded up on bills and that, and they were putting cigarettes out on his head. You know, you hear the, the skin sizzle, the sizzle, and the stumping cigarettes out on his forehead. That's just, that's just rotten, just rotten to the core, man. Like, I mean, I just don't, yeah, I don't yeah. care how miserable I would be, I couldn't Hawk, do that. But Hawk would do that too. Hawk would get so, so loaded up and that, and on, on, on the, uh, 
the slime and that and that. And he'd tell the guys to be tough. He'd say, put your cigarette on my head. Oh, Hawk. Yeah. Yeah, Road Warrior Hawk. But he would have them do it to him. He wouldn't do it to others. No, he'd get them to do it to him. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the right way to react when, like, the dogs. Outback Jack? The dogs. The dogs. The dogs would do, hey, I was in there. They... They, they they gave the manager up in Calgary, um, the old hardcore manager, J.R. Foley? Foley. Yeah, uh, John Foley. He was a little guy, one seventy five. Kylie found those and Kylie for years. He was a they badass. Drop house here, never. That dyes hair, dyes hair blue. That shave his eyebrows off in the hotels. That pulled the coke machines over his door. So when he went out to his hotel room drunk, he couldn't get in his room. If he did get in his room, his mattress would be yes. in the bathtub, and the bathtub would be filled up with water. Oh, yeah. Yes. They give him hell. All of that John sounds Paulie very familiar. It was a tough old bastard. And, Je- and that, here's the thing. And I think they probably liked John because he was a snake pit guy. He came from, like, like the the toughest gym. Where, Wiggum. Yeah, Wiggum. Wiggum, the snake pit. Yeah. And he was a badass, J.R. Foley, John Foley. And that's oh, how they yeah. treated him. Well, he, 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 we would stop in these big truck stops in Canada, and there's, there's all be all these logger, logger guys. You know, what are they called now? Lumberjacks. The guys who work the log, lumberjacks yeah. and that, and that big tough bastard. He get down on his hands and knees and say, "Who could take me, you big bastards? Come on, come on! Don't be a fool and caught. Try and take me." This is three in the morning, and he's drunk. He's on his hands and knees in the truck stop, calling these guys out. Yeah. So, like, when Outback Jack gets the crocodile cut off the back of his jacket, what's the best way to react to that to not keep, like, worse ribs coming your way? Like, do you then... You don't sell you it. You just don't... That's, you don't sell it, man. Take no sell. Yes. Am I right? He was so green. He was so green. He was running around in that... You know, blah, blah, blah. He didn't know what to do. They had him going down the lobby, locked out. They'd lock him out of his room, drop him in his drink, and he'd be walking around the, the in the lobby in the Sheridan in Stanford, Connecticut, where the officers yeah. with no clothes. Oh, yeah. Out of it. <laughs> wow. And, and, you know, he wasn't very good in the ring, though, Luke. Uh, he might. I mean, he might have fared better if 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 he would have been able to bring something to the table once he walked through the curtain. Mate, guys with a with a gimmick like that, if he can smoke a mirror, you, yeah. I've had a lot of guys work for me. I've had a, a great character that couldn't work in the ring, but they could talk, and you could get away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but they were David probably Flair, nice yeah, guys. David Flair. I, I drew I drew money with David Flair, yeah. and I'm not being nasty, but he was terrible in the ring, <laughs> really bad. That we yeah. we got him doing the wool, the dad's wool, and the interview saying, "Dad, I've got the woman around me, I've got the belt," and and we got we got how we we drew houses with him, short matches with guys working sure. around him. Yeah, I just don't think I mean I just don't think the guy was he, he didn't have any. I just don't think he brought anything to the table. Luke, I mean, I mean, no. I know the gimmick was good, like, but that was about it. <laughs> Anyways, this isn't about you know, that, that, that football yeah. player. That, Back that, to the that, that Australian football player had just been running around a commercial uh, 
you know, for the batteries. Whoa! Right. I'm a blonde-headed football player. Yeah, I remember he was him. Over on commercial. Yeah. What was his name? I can't remember, but yeah, he was. It was a big deal. Yeah, and then he, the, 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 he he got over so big in the commercials. Then they started having him on all the talk shows. Right. And he got so nasty. He'd done the. He'd done everything that he was. He was shipped back to Australia. So they they bought they bought out back in riding on his wave. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, like uh, Aussie football and like uh, rugby, what about your your nephew Rip Morgan? How's he doing? He's good. he's doing good, mate. He he's got a company called Kiwi Pro Wrestling in New Zealand, but they haven't run they haven't run for a long time. I don't know what's going on with it. Huh? Do you, so you guys I haven't been home? Oh, well, I haven't when... been home for three years. Okay, it's oh been three years. Any plans to go anytime soon, or do you do you want to go? Well, I, well, well last time I went home to, to do this documentary, and that uh, we've got a whole a guy's put about two hundred grand. A Kiwi guy who works for NZTV One has put two hundred grand into doing, and he's got we've got all the guys. Jake, we've got Honky Tonk, we've got Ted DiBiase, I've got Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I've got Roddy Piper. All, all the Don Morocco, all interviews with all these guys, and we're trying to get footage of Vince. But they, Vince wants so much money for for footage. He, if I told you how much he wanted, they, they're trying to bargain with him and that. But he wants double figures per minute, oh. you know, for footage. You know, and we only want thirty seconds from each person to show because we work with them all in the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just want thirty seconds. But um, he wants a, uh, it comes to nearly um, half a million, a quarter of a million or something, just for the footage he wants. Mm. Well, somebody might. There is this thing called the fair use doctrine, but I, I won't go there right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry. yeah. I but I know, I know what Dallas did. I know. Yeah. No, I, okay, Dallas so you do know. Friend of mine. Yeah, Dallas a good friend of mine because I had him. I mean, I've been in the nightclub business. And Daddy went down to New Zealand well before he got in the wrestling business to work in New Zealand in nightclubs. Wow. Yeah, Daly, Daly had Norma Jeans in Fort Myers, Florida. Had you ever been there? Yeah, we, we, just, talked, we just talked about it the other day, yeah. laying on the bar, putting the girls on the bar, putting shots in their belly button, and, um, and, and around their triply mm-hmm. um, bits, on their George Best, their chest, yes. putting shots and licking it off. We just talked about it, him and me, the other day. <laughs> so that's what comes up in the conversation when you uh, when you reconnect with those uh, no, guys. No, huh? no, we're talking about we're talking about nightclubs back in the eighties. Yeah, they, and uh, you know that's what I was I was in the nightclub business in New Zealand when I first came back after my first tour over here. We had the Commodores before they were even big time, oh. and a lot of we had Wolfman Jack work for us. We had a lot of people. Over there, you know, and um, and then then we we brought Dally over. Dally was a great man as a front man in the nightclub to put bring the people, and he knew all the gimmicks to draw people. You know what I mean? He sure did, man, and he still does. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to get. He knows how to draw people, get people. And it's great to see him going to the Hall of Fame. That's how we we talked. I called him up to congratulate him, and that's how we got talking. Hey, do you, speaking of Dally, and it is, it's awesome. Like, I've already talked 
a lot about how amazing it is for that Dallas is going in the Hall of Fame. Uh, deserves it as much as anyone. Uh, I oh crap! I just had a huge brain fart. Oh, oh I know. Right. Never mind. Sorry. Hey, mate, I'm back I'm on track. Timothy, and I have them all the time. I'm back on track. I, the reason why what what made me think of this with Dallas is, are you uh, in the DDP yoga at all, Luke? No, but I do. I couldn't get on my hands and knees due to knee due to knee replacements. But um, I do yoga. Uh, you know, I've got his DVDs and everything. But I, I you know, I got a woman does yoga in the gym every Thursday yeah. here and chair yoga. I do some chair yoga to keep sort of limber. Ah. And you do it on the beach too, right? That's part of the fun thing you guys have at your gym. No, we know we have it. We know we have it on. We have every Thursday. We have it up on the balcony here. Oh, you know, overlooking the beach. We right? have a class. Yeah, we have classes here, and that every Thursday morning. That sounds like such kind of a peaceful juxtaposition from this life that you led as a WWE superstar and being on the road all the time. Do you enjoy still traveling and getting out there and working shows and that kind of a thing, or do you prefer to just yeah, hang I, out at the gym now? I, next week, next week, I'm in England for ten days. Oh, oh wow. wow! Talk about that. Yeah, next week I'm working. Here's why. Here's a good one. I'm working for Paige's dad. You know Paige, the girl in yes. WWE? Yeah. You're, working, you're working. For Rick, working for Ricky Knight. You know, I've, I've known Ricky Knight and his wife for maybe um, 20 years. Wow. And then and, um, I'm going over there to work uh, to work for Ricky Knight. And, uh, and then I worked in England and, you know, I was working for Brian Dixon a lot in the in the 90s, outside of WWF. Yes. And then and I used to work against Ricky. They, they, they were him and his partner. They were the uh, the Legion of Doom. Oh, they the, did the, the, the British. The, oh. They were the British version of the Legion of Doom. I never now knew he's that. By himself like the tribute? Yes. And he's got all of his sons working. Yeah, no, I know his sons, the hooligans. I love those guys. And they're really hard workers. And they're very popular in the UK. And and uh, Scott Hall, Scott Hall's a... Uh, doing a lot of work with uh, with the Knight family over there. I think he's maybe their matchmaker yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Yeah, no, he's the one. Who, he's the one who sort of hooked me up. Oh, no. oh Scott did. Yeah, okay. No, yep. well, he told me, you know, and then I and then he told me about this, uh, and then I ran into Soraya straight away, the uh, mum. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her, and that, and then. And then I was on the phone with Ricky, and and that's how we got around to it. Oh, very cool. Are you doing any? Are you doing working for any other promotions over there? No, just for just them. For, I'm there for two weekends, and that. And during the week, I'm doing um, uh, seminar clinics. Oh, very good, very good. Which I do a lot. I still work. I still work every weekend on the road here. Not last weekend, but you know, I, I still work, and I do a lot of seminar clinics. I usually work and do a clinic. You still have matches, right? Luke, you still have matches, right? You still get in the ring? Yes, still work in the ring. Yeah, every weekend or three weekends a month. Yeah, I watch, I've seen, like, the last time we were on a show together, I watched your... Was the House of Hardcore? I don't know about that. I think it was, like, something else we did. Roddy was still alive and, and, and that. but And I think Marty Jannetty was there. But anyways... I know, oh, those are shows I had you on. Yeah. You and Marty, you against the tag team, yeah. Yeah, but I remember watching you in the ring, Luke, and 
you still and you you knew what to do to get everything you did got a reaction and uh, you didn't do anything like I said you didn't do anything that didn't get a reaction you knew what to do and the people loved it and why 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 quit doing that if the people if you still feel good yeah. and the people love it you know no yeah it keeps my body in limbo I think if I stop doing this I start seizing up yeah that's what I was going to ask you because you're talking yeah. about the chair yoga does that mean your body like your your body's starting to give out on you a little bit or no no the hips I always had, I used to have to wear when I was a heel. Yeah. I'm taking bumps and I used to come off the corner a lot. I was wearing a I was wearing a corset. You know when those oh. body yes. corsets you pull tight, holds your hips into place. It and holds that, your that gut. Holds your. 80s. It also holds your gut in when you refuse to do core work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I, but in the 80s I didn't have a gut. Anyhow, early 80s. Anyhow, I wore it then because I was getting slammed and off the crazy things off you know how you do oh yeah and the rings are harder those days fucking the 80s the rings were like the floor concrete yeah anyhow um uh so but i've always had sacroiliac problems so i just do just to get stretching in it my partner always used to be able to put his hands flat on the mat you know i i have trouble just touching if i stand up straight at the moment just to get my t- the end of my fingers if I got my knees straight to touch the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, arthritis is in yeah. the joints. Fuck it. After 50 years in the ring, all that sort of stuff catches up on you. But your but your your problem is your main issue is ha- having to be your hips. But I remember Butch's ankles were just trashed. Aren't they like fused? Oh yeah, they they, they were broken playing rugby. He was in he was a tight end hook. Uh, Tight end prop with the front row and a, and a scrum. He's had them both now. He's an inch shorter. He's yeah. had those both ankles sawn off and put back on, back on there. You know, he can make, he, he's got no movement sideways, but he's got movement forward and yeah. back. Janetti's ankles are like that too. At least one of them for I sure. I try to get, hey mate, I try to set him up with Dallas. You yeah. know, I got a, I said, I says, I'm going to talk to Dallas. You come down to here, and then I'm taking you to Dallas, and he'll do the thing for you and clean you up. He didn't even, you know, we had a, we had a weekend up in Louisiana, and on the way back, I was going to get him to come to, I was going to take him there and get him to do the whole gimmick, and he didn't even arrive down there. No. Hey, at least, Jake, so you I know, get, I get, People looked at Jake the same a lot, like in a lot of, in the same light as they look at Marty. And I mean, I've been there where people have looked at me like that, like you're almost hopeless. And even Jake pulled through. Like Jake, you know, uh, met Dallas halfway. And Scott. Yeah, Scott, and Scott. Scott did too. Yeah, and it's like, come on, Marty. I mean, I love that guy so much, and he's such a wonderful yeah, human right. being. And I just good heart and a lot of fun. A lot of fun and a good heart. I just wonder where. What part of his life like was so messed up that, you know, before I ever knew him, that like, that he just can't pull it together, man. It's like he just doesn't want to. Yeah, you know, him and Sean were the heavy ribbers when I got yes. there at the start. They they got they got fired three times from Vince. Yeah, you know, girls that come up and that and um, say right on the back of my t-shirts, and they used to write obscene stuff on the back of girls. T-shirts and that, you know, I'm talking about teenage kids. Yeah. T-shirts, yeah. and then Vince had to fire them. But and Marty used to go, "Hey, well, 
on overseas tours. Remember that? Oh, sure. All of a sudden, he'd go wayward and that, he, and the officer that has passport. Next minute, we'd see him back in the States, you know, about a week later. Yeah, you don't even know how he got back. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't even know how he got back in the but, States. Yeah, but I was... I don't know how I got off. Oh, I know, because we were talking about the ankles, yeah. uh, Butch's ankles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Marty's know. ankle. Marty's got one ankle just as bad. Yeah, exactly. But I, you know, th- what made me think of uh, of this is you guys wore those crazy rubber boots in the ring the whole time you were in WWE. No wonder his ankle. Like, <laughs> and that didn't help his ankles either. No, but he had tight underneath. He wore he wore those lace up things uh, okay. that hold your ankles. You know things. Yeah, they were the they were from the sharing sheds. Over here, you call them Wellingtons, but okay. you know we call them gum boots at home. That's where you grab the sheep by the back legs, drive them towards the cliffs. Either they back back into you, or they or they go over the cliffs. So they back back into you. They can't get away from yeah. you. That's why we. That's why the Kiwis are called sheep shaggers. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I used to always hear people like use that expression. They call somebody a sheep shagger. Yeah, and you guys had this. Now shagging, shagging is you know you know what shagging. Is, yeah, of right? course. Yeah, <laughs> having sex with sheep. <laughs> no, no, shagging is having sex with anybody. Yeah, you know, but I mean, no, sheep shaggers are having yeah, sex I mean, with I, sheep. The old down under saying is we've gone there. We've gone Sheila. there. You're you're out you're out picking up Sheila's. Right. And you know what a Sheila's are. Yes, a, a female. A woman from down under. Yes. And. And she, you're out picking up Sheila's and shagging them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're learning so much today. Crazy, right, yes. Hey, hey uh, you guys were, I've never seen you guys in a bad mood. I never saw you, you or Butch in a bad mood, ever. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you had your moments, but you never showed it in front yeah, of us. Yeah. You never showed it in front of us. No, like, no. No, we, and we tried to keep by ourselves, travel by ourselves too most of the time, so we didn't get tied up into any of the gaga. Right. You know, but we enjoyed the gaga. We enjoyed being around. I got a few stories, you know, with Sean and, with Sean and Marty and and, uh, and what was the girl now who we had Sherry? there when you first arrived? Sh- Sherry Martell? Uh, she, uh, yeah. Either the, trip from, the trip from Nevada to Dallas in and Marty wrote it up about 10 years later. I told a lot of people about it, you know, but uh, it's a long story. But, you know, when, the, when we arrived in fucking in Dallas and that the FBI were there and that, and that and they picked that come on the plane when they landed and that and handcuffed all the guys. No, not the wrestlers, the other people. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Hey, the boys got away. Uh, the boy, uh, the, uh, the old powder and the drink. Oh, the GHB. The GHB. We got on there. We're, okay, short story. How long have we got to go? We're, yeah, oh, you're fine. Let's roll with it. We're in Nevada Airport. We're, we're in the airport in Nevada. What's the other? Not a, not, not, McLaren? Not a Vegas. Oh. Not a Vegas. What's oh. the other town? Oh, yeah. Reno? Oh, Reno? Yeah, it's down there. It's down there like a, a Reno, yeah, like yeah. an old cowboy town. Carson City. Sunday night, Sunday night. All the all the kids, you know, uh, in Reno and, uh, and um, Las Vegas, you've got all the one arm banners right at the gate. Yes. You know, in the airlines. Yeah, the slot so machines. At the gates, all these kids are playing. All the kids are playing, so we get on the plane now, and we've got that five hour 
five hours down to Dallas or four hours down to Dallas from one to six or seven. And then we get on the plane and that, you know, it's a red eye. Everyone, the waitresses come around, they get you a drink and that. And we're and in the back row on the right-hand side, facing the front, and the back row is Sherry, Marty, and Sean. I'm three rows up on the left side, uh, four rows up on the left side, Three businessmen are on the on the left in the back row, and that, and I'm maybe five rows up, and the two rows up in front of me are these guys from college shooters. That two rows on either side, there maybe a row. There's six of them in here, six of them. Plane gets up in the air, they get up in the aisle, and they start drinking, standing up drinking, and Marty and Sean get up, and Sherry, they get up, and that, of course, they bring up. The, it was in powder pool, man. Yes. Before the liquid and the pills. Yeah. They bring out the thing, and these kids look back, and they see them putting a spoon in each glass, and they say, what the hell is that? Ah, that's a little something like that. It just makes you relax. Ah, we've done everything. We've done angel dust, cocaine, blah, blah, blah. Usual college student, yes. 23, 24, 22, 23, and knows everything, and they're, and, they're, and they're juiced up to hell. And that and that. And we've done everything, and they, of course, Sean says in his quiet little ways, we'll try some. Put the spoon in each one's glass. 20 minutes later, 20, 25 minutes later, they're up again, and that, they, you know, the students, they've got their last drinks from because the hostess has turned the lights down. Yeah. That last drink, like, oh, we don't feel a thing. So Sean and Marty get up again. This time they fucking put heaps of heaps in each one's glass. Within 10 minutes, they're all... Once passed out, the back of the plane, the, the hostess stand is up in the middle of the plane between economy and first class. Back of the plane, three toilets, you know, like a, like a V, Two, one on either side and one in the back. So the back door's open and the guy's still in the toilet and he's leaning forward. Oh man, he's pooped all over the ground there. There's a seat over in the left in front of me. There's one guy laying down right over three seats, and there's two guys sitting first in front of him, one hanging over towards the window, one hanging out. On my side, there's a chick and another guy hanging there. Okay, the word goes up to the front. Kerry, Von, Eric, and the warrior up front. Yeah. Next minute, the warrior comes down, and he's got the clippers going. You can hear him walk down the plane. Yeah. First guy he hits is laying down the seat. He shaves one side. They've all got long hair. He shaves one side of his head right through the middle, right to the bone, and that, and all complete one side. So the other side's just hanging from the middle just down over one ear, you know, but he's laying on a seat. Shave him down. They take the eyebrows off some and that, and blah, blah, blah. The girl is sitting there. Sure, she's got a, there's a tank top on. They snip two sides of the tank tops, and the, the tank top pops down, the breasts hang out. Now That's the guy in the back, not very he's good. got his, not um, very nice. he, he's sitting on the back seat and his head's hanging forward. So they go and do a monk job on him. They take <laughs> it right to above his ears, a ball, right just above his ears. So he's got, from his ears, the top of his ears down, he's got hair. And that, and from there right around, he's got a dome glowing yeah. in the dark. He looks like Gargamel and from that, the Smurfs. <laughs> so, so they've got about four of them with their hair done. Two of them with their brows, and the girl with no brows and, and the top down. Oh, the shit. top down. 
the stewardess comes down and sees it all and goes straight back up. We're all sitting quietly in the seat, passed out all that, and she goes back up. When we land in fucking Dallas, the plane lands with no, they were all told, stay in your seats, please. And that's when, that's when the FBI come in, cut these people off, and that, and, and that, and, and, and that, and lock, handcuff them and cut them off the plane. And we walk, we walk off. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. That Ladies an, and gentlemen. That was insane. That. Now, the people in the back row, the guys in the back row, businessmen, said that was the most entertaining flight they've ever been on. <laughs> See, oh, I'm sure. people always talk about the, the, plane, the plane ride, ride from, from hell. hell. <laughs> that right there puts a plane ride from hell to shame. And I told you, I've told people before, look, before 9-11, Plane ride, commercial plane rides used to be from hell, and that's an example of it right there. That's amazing. Work. Yeah, and nobody and died. A lot of ones, lot of ones so over to England with the shoes, but anyhow, apart from that, there's another one too. We're doing Sacramento. We're going. We're living in San Francisco. The judge, you, 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 this is the short one, and I have to close. Yes, I got people out here. Okay, <laughs> we're, in, we, we're doing Sacramento. We're doing Sacramento, eighty miles from San Francisco, right? Yes. Kerry and Kerry and the warrior come over in the limousine, right? Kerry Von Erich. Got a driver. Yeah. And we work, and we work the show, and that, and on the way back, the driver says to Kerry, "What are you doing in the back?" And that, and they, and they say, oh, "We're just doing a bit of GHB." And he and he was a smart ass too. He's a, he had the cat's captain's hat on, dressed in the suit. He was a, a limousine driver, you know, from a, a limousine firm, a, a real big limousine firm in San Francisco. Yeah. And um, and that they dropped some of him. Within 20 minutes, he's fucking all over the road. They tell him to pull over. They pull him out of the front seat and shove him in the back seat. They can't get him in, and he shits himself. Shits himself going in the back seat. Of, jam him in the back seat of the, um, just push him into the back seat of the uh, limousine, right? And now, now, now the warriors drive the limousine, carries in the passenger seat, and they're talking to home base and that, and they find out where the owner of the company is, you know, where, what his address is, right? Yeah. They go and drive this guy, the, the, the driver of the limousine. They drive to the owner of the company, and they put him at one or two in the morning. They put him out on the front lawn with his pal, with his pants full of shit, and leave him there. Wow! And they drive back in the morning. Vince gets a call. The call comes to them. Where's the limo? And they they said, "Oh, it's been left at the airport, and there's such and such a lot, and the keys are under the the tire." Oh, and that, and yeah. then that was well. that story there from that. From that guy, that dinner with he got fired or whatever, but he woke up in the morning and saw his driver on the front lawn. His pants were full of shit. Oh God! Wow, that was in the eighties. These are the ribs. Oh, Luke. Wow. I thank you so, so much for sharing your time with us, especially these stories. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard them. Like, I, yeah, I, 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 honestly, and I've heard pretty much every story there is. Like those two, I, I'm, I'm not familiar I got some really good stories another time from the, the Hearts heart, um, territory oh, from the early 80s, early 70s. Oh, well, please. Some really good ones. Please come back on, Luke. You're, you're an amazing guest. Yeah. Is there anything you want to plug before you go? Yeah, well, you know, 
again for the third and four years, the third time of four years, Clearwater Beach is not, has been rated as number one beach in North America. Oh, yeah. So if you folks coming down over to Clearwater, I know you're on the West Coast, laying in that uh, L.A. standard. If you come over to the east uh, and want to be on the Gulf of Mexico, Clearwater Beach, crystal clear water, white sugary sand, and we are right on the beach here on Mandalay Avenue, Clearwater Beach Fitness, and right below me is, is Hogan's Beach Shop. Nice. Uh, so um, come, pop in and see us, and you might catch Kerry, and Terry was in here working out today. The Hulkster, I should say, was in here working out. You might catch him in there. Nice. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much, Luke. Uh, I, 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 okay, mate. I miss so you, man, and I hope to see you soon. Next week, working for the Knight family, WAW. Go to WAW UK, and you see us on the road from the from the tenth onwards, over for the, the company. Excellent. World of uh, World Association yeah. of Wrestling. Yeah, it's interesting. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Thank- folks. Good to be there, Sean. Good to talk to you, Christy. Yes. And have from, a great uh, trip. It's out from it's out from Butcher. Whoa! Oh, hey. Thanks, thanks for the house, mate. Thanks for the house. Yeah, thank you for the house, Sean. <laughs> bye, Luke. Love it. Thank you so much. Uh, wow, oh you know God. the deal, right? I was, we were telling you about like, okay, it's it's customary like to when when a uh, when That's somebody's me. a main event yeah. in the show and they draw a good house, it's That's customary right. to go thank them for the house. Well, the Bushwhackers would do that to everyone, to the main event, when business was on its ass, and it was like a joke. It was like, yeah, thanks for the house, mate. You're really drawing well. So it was just a running joke, you know? Yeah. I love that. Wow. So That and so many great tidbits, and we've got more coming up for you. Stay tuned to AfterBuzz TV. Hey guys, Maria Menunos here. We want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. X-Pac 12360 coming back at you. Just had a little chat with Bushwhacker Luke. And next week, we're going to have on the show the exotic Adrian Street. He's a friend of yours, right? He's not, he's not a friend of mine. But, I, well, I wouldn't call him a friend. We're co- colleagues. I haven't seen him since the Dallas days, GWF, oh, when wow. I was like 19, 18, 19 <laughs> years old. That's a little while ago. Yes. And, you know, he actually had cancer, and uh, he beat cancer oh. many years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I, I think he's still pretty healthy. So, uh, and I'm I'm really excited about this because... You weren't really familiar with Adrian, really, right? A no. lot of people are. Once you once you gave me the name and I started Googling, I kind of yes. went down the rabbit hole of so much good stuff. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so excited about this. Yes. You know, um, it's just like, I mean, people can, they can Google mm-hmm. Adrian but Street right He was more, right more than a wrestler, to yes. say the least. Yes. And he was the, he was he was the, the first one to ever have a wrestling album. He wrote all his own stuff. Um, just amazing stuff. That's what I remember. I yes. remember the rock and wrestling I had yeah. it on VHS tape. I have it on DVD now. Yeah. Where he sings, I'm in love with me. Yeah. As, and as imagine like, what I could do to you. Yeah. And sweet transvestite with a broken nose. And, yeah. and these are song titles? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, and I'm definitely going to be checking those out. And they're very catchy. Mm-hmm. They're very catchy. But uh, I don't want to I don't want to uh, move ahead too fast and not really just 
give huge props to Bushwhacker Luke just now for such an amazing interview, like just, or conversation. I mean, yeah, what amazing stories! Those, I guarantee you, uh, a couple of those have never been told in public. Listen, if you haven't heard them, well, I did <laughs> actually. The the plane ride one, I did mm-hmm. hear like. Just it wasn't without as much the juicy detail. details. Not ah, as many. Yes. I feel like it was all in the juicy details for that one. Especially, yeah. <laughs> it's, the story is all is so much has so much to do with the storyteller. Yeah, you know, and what a great storyteller. Lucas, absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, we had so much fun. Thank you again to Luke for uh, for hanging out with us via telephone today. And you guys want to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, I'm sure, because we'll tell you who's coming up next week. We give you some fun behind the scenes pics and videos. So make sure you go to Facebook.com/slash Xbox One Two Three Sixty Show. Hit that thumbs up button, and we are on Instagram at Xbox One Two Three Sixty. Also, you can get your T-shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com. Go to Sean Waltman's store. And get your Xbox One Two Three Sixty T-shirt, and please tweet us, Instagram oh, yeah. us, send us a photo, hashtag that stuff, so we can show it on the show. And one more thing, I'll be at the big event this this weekend on Saturday in New York. So uh, I forgot to mention that. Sorry. <laughs> we'll make sure we throw the details yes. up on that one. Okay. We'll we'll throw it on our social media for sure. And you guys can always hit me up at Christy Reports. Love to hear from you, Jimbo. Follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. Buy my documentary, The Young Bucks Two Sweet Journey, at highspots.com. Don't forget to get your tickets for the Click Reunion. That's right. Yeah. At WrestleCon, WrestleMania weekend. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Don't miss it. Top tier is probably almost sold out. So if you can afford it, get that one first before it does sell out and then move on from there. But yeah. definitely don't miss that. You're a good salesman. I try. I like that. All right, everyone. You guys have a wonderful week and I uh, will. See you and talk to you next week right here on X-Pac 12360. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, Kevin Undergaro, show producer Jimbo Frank, managing editor of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Christy Olson, and managing producer of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Mark Bidonica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in. Feel free to like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow XPOC on Twitter at TheRealXPOC and email us at XPOC12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!